Welcome to the Wise and Wealth Management Roundtable. We believe the best financial advice is always conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Guiding you to financial freedom are my co-hosts, Brad Lyons and Matthews Barnett. Hey, guys. Hey, Casey. How's it going? It's going good. It's going uh, It's going really good if you look at markets recently. I am, um, I, I'm still amazed that just a few months ago, we were told to stay home and don't leave other than for groceries. And... Now, all of a sudden, uh, NASDAQ this year, year-to-date, is up 32%. Um, Dow Jones is up 4 S&P is up 12 um, I'm just – I why? <laughs> I mean, I know why. But <laughs> let's start the discussion as to why. Well, well you- it seems as if, although we're still in a pandemic, the market has long passed it. They're, they're, it's over it the, the, from a market perspective. So – there's this disconnect between the way we're living our lives and the way the market is telling us life is should be at this point in time. And it is confusing to people. We've got to remember where it came from, too, at March 23rd. You mentioned that we're up now, but the NASDAQ was down over 20%. The S&P was down over 30% at March 23rd on those lows. So it's had a quick but a, a huge turnaround. Yeah. I mean, we, we basically start the year off at zero, and then you go all the way down 20 to 30%. And then we have now passed the break even, and then NASDAQ's gone 32%, even more so than that. And you think about all the people that panicked and COVID was going to ruin everything, and they sold all that stuff in their portfolios. Um, that actually makes me sad. Uh, behavior finance is so important. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. And to <laughs> None of our clients comment, here did that, by the way. That it is sad. <laughs> it's very sad that, you know, we've been through these types of markets, you know, in fairly recent history since 2000. We went through the, you know, the dot-com bubble. We went through the great financial crisis. And now we went gone through the COVID crisis. I mean, these are happening enough that people and investors really should recognize that these are events that occur, but they're not events that need to be have a hundred percent reaction to at any given time. So let's talk a little about uh, the election. I, I think this is starting to get behind us now. Obviously uh, there's a lot of rhetoric still um, about maybe voter fraud and things of that nature. But uh, for, for the most part, it seems that uh, we have a Biden win. I think the markets have, have uh, come to terms with a, with a Biden win. Um, we still have a race in Georgia, two races in Georgia to decide. Uh, so if you're listening, make sure you go out and vote. Monday, the January or the January 5th. 5th yeah, believe, January yeah. 5th. I don't know if it's a Monday, but January 5th. Um, I mean, it, I saw one of the political ads that if you don't vote us in, there'll be gridlock in Washington. And quite honestly, I think gridlock's pretty good. It, it forces compromise. And sometimes the best policies come out of compromise versus going to radical left or radical right. I think this is one of the things that the market is is uh, considering at this point, is that it looks like we're going to have a divided Congress and with a Democrat in the White House. And historically, we know that that's, for the markets, has been a pretty good deal for the most part. When you look at past administrations with this combination of a Democratic Congress and a Republican Senate, that the markets seem to do pretty well under that scenario. 
given what you just said, Casey, is that it forces compromise. Take the best ideas from both groups and put it together and see what works for everyone. And the market actually does better uh, under Democratic uh, presidency. So, um, you know, I think we've, we've kind of reached that point where we've, um, un- we've gotten past that uncertainty, um, you know, January to see uh, how the Senate works out and if it is the, uh, the unified uh, government or not. But, um, you know, we're, we've gotten past the, the election part of this now. COVID cases uh, continue to increase. We're at a peak now, maybe setting new records uh, today. Um, you know, here I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, one of our clients, uh, former uh, uh, chief pilot of uh, ExpressJet ASA, uh, which is a Delta Connection carrier. Robert Banks, uh, great guy, great family. He Matthews, you'd like him, big Georgia guy. Good dogs. Get, get a son at Georgia. Um, he's uh, he's a Coletta pilot. They uh, basically their business model is they fly seven four sevens anywhere in the world on a moment's notice, uh, hauling all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think they were actually the ones to haul that cash to uh, Iran for the Obama administration. <laughs> I'd like to be the, uh, the, the, the crew on that one. And, uh, you know, sure. We don't want to have a stopover somewhere, you know, but, uh, but they, they do really cool, um, airlifts. They have regular scheduled flights too, that, uh, that they do for the government. Been mostly flying these, uh, PB PPEs, um, around uh and anyway uh when you fly into hong kong uh they're not you and i can't go to hong kong right now but uh, they have a uh, spit test that you do for covid he failed the spit test he's asymptomatic he's right now inside a chinese hospital no one speaks english um he's i I text with him on a daily basis but he he's come to terms that he's going to be there for about 16 days and he will uh, hopefully be coming home. I think he's got maybe eight more days to go. Um, the person in his room with him now, who's running extremely high temperature, does speak some English and is able to do some translation for him. <laughs> he is one of three people in Hong Kong that have COVID. So they, they have, they have um, been able to squash this thing. And they get mad at Americans and Europeans that come over, even with him, for work to deliver goods Uh to their own people, but they get angry because, Hey, you know, why didn't do a test before you left? And that's probably something that that airline should be thinking about. But, uh, Robert, if you're listening, uh, our hearts go out to you, man, hang in there. <laughs> the, um, uh, but anyway, that, that got me thinking about COVID here in the U S and why are we struggling with it so much? And a lot of it has to do with what we were talking about before we came live here is freedom, right? We're a free and open society, free to come and go as we please. And it's part of our spirit to get out and go and places and do things and see people. Um, It is difficult to convince an entire nation like ours to all do the same thing, like stay at home, wear a mask, behave a certain way. It's just going to be a very difficult thing to do in a free and open society. I remember listening to a radio show back in about probably February when everything was starting to shut down in China and they were talking about it was spreading in the U.S. already and talking about that, how, you know, in China, they you know just the way their government's set up that they can have full shutdowns and um, they don't have the rights that we do over here and how that would be an issue um, having to have a complete lockdown to completely eradicate the spread of this. And um, that's kind of how we are, where we are right now. Hey, I have a hard time believing that local law enforcement 
especially in the South, is going to be um, standing at every corner questioning why you're out of your home. Like it was uh, World War II in, in Germany. You know, I just, I don't, I, I have a hard time envisioning that. Um, if it did happen, I, I think some really, really bad reaction of the public would happen <laughs> after that. And there's there's more of uh, the general public than there are of, of uh, armed forces in the end. Yeah, I think that would be a greater threat than the threat of the disease itself. Yeah. Hmm. But, but that being said, yes. we yeah. should also be courteous of grandma. Of course. Right. Right. You know? Everyone's making fun of not going to Thanksgiving dinner, not doing Christmas this year. Or a, I never heard of this. You said earlier, a Zoom Thanksgiving? Well, I've been hearing about it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And the question that they're asking and posing to people are, are you going to be doing a Zoom Thanksgiving this year? Where we- you set up a Zoom monitor at your Thanksgiving table and you talk to the people at their Thanksgiving table through the Zoom monitor. That We didn't do that for, uh, hopefully not for Thanksgiving, but we did that for, for Easter. Um, in the middle of the lockdown, you weren't able to go home and weren't supposed to be around family. So, yeah. um, you know, just kind of did your own thing, but uh, did a Zoom call with all the family to, to catch up. I'm just grateful that financial services is considered essential service. So we can just keep doing this podcast uh, all during uh, any, any potential shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of of this COVID, you know, there are a number of um, announcements that have come out that we should talk about. Um, Pfizer has announced that they have a a candidate for a vaccine for COVID nineteen that is now apparently ninety five percent effective against uh, uh, con- uh, spreading of, of the disease. Uh, um, Moderna has come out and said they have a candidate for a vaccine that's. or essentially 95% effective against the spread of uh, uh, the disease. Um, Johnson & Johnson is in its second phase three for their candidate for a vaccine. So there's tremendous amount of positive news on on this front towards getting a vaccine that will have the effect of stopping this virus. But what what does that vaccine mean economically? I mean... Brad, are you going to take the vaccine? Yes, and then, I'm going to be first in line once they open it up to the general public. And then are you going to apply for a week off to go on a cruise? What are you going to do now that you're immune? Well, now that I'm immune, it's, it's like what you said earlier. That's denied, you know, by the way. You know, in, in that case. <laughs> well, what you said earlier is that, you know, being um, uh, careful or being conscious of other people, of grandma, of the – the guys that work in the butcher shop that I go to that are exposed to this every single day. It's not so much that I've been concerned about, you know, getting it myself. If I get it, I get it. Um, we've, we are essential. We have been coming to work every day. We have been seeing clients. We have been going about normal duties but being careful. Um, but getting the vaccine isn't just for ourselves. It's for protecting other people as well. So, yes, absolutely, I plan on getting it as soon as it's opened up to my demographic group. But my point is, is that how does that affect the economy in our portfolios? Because we have a vaccine, the market jumped. It was up 1,300 points uh, intraday high. I think maybe 1,400. It closed lower than that. But mm-hmm. um, obviously we see it as, okay, if if the government gets va- or population gets vaccined uh, maybe by mid-January, let's say, well, at least we start the process by then, right? Um, everything just returns to normal? Well, I don't know that 
I mean, is that what's being priced in the market right now? I think the market is pricing that in, but from a behavioral and societal standpoint, I don't know everything begins, it goes back to normal right away. But commerce does begin to open up and loosen up a little bit, I think. each With each vaccination, with each dosage that, that gets into society, I think that the economy will open up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And we're talking about, you know, the, the street-level economy right away. The restaurants, the shops, the, the person-to-person, the, 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 the face-to-face business that goes on in society. And after that, it'll be more of the uh, internal corporate-type work that gets back to, to somewhat of a, a normal condition, which then creates additional ripple effect of people going out into the world, going out, parking their cars at the parking garage, eating lunch at the at the counter, et, et cetera, that begins to spread throughout the economy. I don't know if people are going to take it like they're anticipating, to be honest. I mean, we have the flu vaccine, and the small majority of people take that. I mean, I think this is the way to, to eradicate the spread of it, but I think it could take a while to, to get that done and, and how that affects the economy moving forward. Um, I guess we'll have to see. I don't anticipate. I don't think I'm going to take the vaccine unless it causes uh, rapid hair gain. That that's good luck. Not, <laughs> if that's a side effect, I might try that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a risk demographic either. But um, I don't know. Evidently, Brad's going first, so we'll see what happens to him and keep we'll, us safe. We'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah. I, I, but all, in all seriousness, I, I think that that possibly could have been baked into the November uh, returns that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, the market is always down in, not always, but. It's forward-looking. Well, it, it's forward-looking, but October has always been a tough month for us in the markets anyway. So I don't know how much of that is money movement that, that we were seeing. Obviously, everybody's super sensitive to their portfolios now. But you, know, you, look, you look back 12 months from now, Every one of our models are, are positive, not just by one or two or three or four percent. I mean, we're we have we have models that are up di- double digits now, looking back the last twelve months, and it's just surprising because you 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 look around you now in Georgia. I feel like that where things are getting more normal. It's taking me just as long to get to work now that, as it did pre-pandemic. Um, uh, that's for you. probably not the same for you because you come through more of a I come through big a, big more, company right, environments where, right. You but know, I'm seeing more and more traffic on a month-to-month basis. Yeah, increasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But you have large corporations though, that say people don't have to go back to work until March or June of next year in Atlanta. If that, right. some they're the whole year. They're very concerned about liability. Oh, and there's no doubt that the lawyers have taken over decision-making. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, and we've proven that we can work, but we've also proven we can still spend money from home too. Because look, look at these look at these retail numbers. The retail numbers weren't weren't horrible, right? I mean, yes, you it's have different. some. You have some retails are just horrible. <laughs> but your mom and pop retail is, is is obviously still suffering if they weren't online if they didn't have a good following before then. That's what I say. It's it's definitely the services is still affected, but the the goods that you can buy online are have kind of shifted. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of goods, it's 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 really the supply chain that's getting bogged down in this because for companies that can't open or, or haven't opened, they're not unable to actually create the product to sell into the to this to the distribution system to get to the end consumer. 
So there's a, a supply chain problem that still exists that only a vaccine can can solve that problem but by getting people think, back to work in factories, getting people Chick-fil-A back to work is, on the production floor. I think Chick-fil-A sold more in revenue than they did last year, year to date. You know, so some of it, I think fast is, casual has, has done well. Some of it, I think it's just the, the, the business owner or the owners and their progressive thinking and have their ability to adapt to a changing environment. And obviously Chick-fil-A is one of the best in the business at, at what they do. Um, in fact, I, I would like to nominate them to be the ones to hand out the vaccines through their drive throughs Maybe it's a chicken sandwich and a vaccine combo of some sort, because I think they can administrate it much faster than, than any government organization. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's enough about, I guess, a vaccine. But I, I just I, I, I think that's probably already baked in, but I'm not totally sure. I'm not totally sure because we have to see numbers like we have to have to see revenue numbers increase. And, and, and to your point um, uh, earlier, GDP, right? GDP is actually a lot better than we thought would be. At Significantly this better than what they anticipated a few months ago. So, you know, that's that's promising. But you mentioned that we've had a good November so far. Is that election related? Is that vaccine related? You know, during uh, election years, November's uh, the best month of the year. So. Um, is it just the time of the year and, and where we are or, um, you know, moving forward, is this going to be um, how the year goes? Well, we'll see. And um, it is a good point that and you relate this all back to staying invested. OK, so so if, if we know that, well, let's just put it this way, regardless of it's the election, regardless of it's the vaccine, regardless of it's November is traditionally a, a good month for the markets. It is a good month so far. And to be invested during that time is what's the most important thing. Rather than trying to figure out which time to be in, which time to be out, just be in the market, be invested, and take the returns that the market's going to give you. We're still waiting on the government to save the day with stimulus. Ah. With a vaccine, do we even need stimulus? That's going to be really the question that I think Congress is, is, is considering. Now that the vaccines are are going to be coming out, okay, um, what else do we need to get the continue the the, the economy moving along? Um, Fed Chair Jay Powell has been talking about this recently, and he's been a proponent of additional stimulus into the marketplace, and that this, in fact, is not the time to be overly concerned about the additional debt that it's creating at the federal level. His point is that we need to, in his opinion, get money directly into the hands of people who need money. Because if we let them get too far down the economic ladder and the financial ladder, it's going to be almost impossible to pull them back up and they will be a drag on the the economy for a very long time. So to Matthew's point earlier about the GDP numbers aren't as bad as they thought, we're starting from a higher low than expected. And in the same way that, you know, Fed Chair Jay Powell is talking, if you can hold on to some of the um, workers and some of the employees, either unemployed or employed, and keep them from going too far off the, the radar screen, they'll be starting from a, a higher low once we get the economy back. That's such a slippery slope, though, because – you start paying somebody $1,200 a week to stay home. When do, you, when, when, when do you pull the plug? 
Yeah, I feel like there has to be some sort of um, some sort of give back there, where they're showing that they're applying for jobs, and you know, there's a there's a finite date to that going off. And then at the same time, I I talk to people who are unemployed and have and their skill set is such that they can't go back to work. You you talk to a, a a regional pilot right now, and there's no place for them to go to work. There are no jobs right now. So it, it so you know when you talk to them on an individual basis, it's a little different than maybe yeah. how you would develop policy overall. But you know, down the street, the pizza place has a help wanted sign. So I'm like, why is there a help wanted sign at your restaurant? <laughs> and it, they're they're not even getting the bonus now or whatever you call it the the CARES Act extra six dollars a, a yeah provisional income um that's not even happening right now and they're still looking for for helpers well that was a big spec the last time around um the, the new discussions and stimulus that was a pretty big political play right before the election so now that we've kind of settled that in hopefully uh it's less about politics and more kind of where where we need to to have that distributed in the economy yeah yeah that's true we could have a whole show on on uh probably just politics i i thought i found it interesting in the news that um florida voted for trump but yet they also voted for the 15 dollar minimum wage for florida i thought that was interesting um it says a lot about how people are thinking now uh just just overall and and their politics um all right so it's been a good run uh what could derail us at this point i i i'll throw my hat in on stimulus i think if government does nothing then that's probably not a good thing. There probably needs to be some action taken to the industries that that have been decimated uh, because of COVID. Yeah, I would say continued spread if the uh, vaccine is not working like they expect or, um, you know, and then just just jobs. Are Americans employed and able to uh, to grow in 2021? Yeah, and, and to that point that, you know, how bifurcated will this new economy be? To some aspects of the old economy pre-COVID, that may never come back. There might be other aspects that come back in a boom, but what skills are going to be required for that for a worker to be engaged in that part of the economy? We know that technology has, and the adoption of new technology has taken off during this period. So obviously that's a good chance that that's going to be a continued growth area. But what has that displaced on the other end at the same time? And that could be an area that, is going to have a difficult time recovering from this economy. So it could be a bifurcated economy going forward until um, this all settles out. Well, I think all this translates into our own individual portfolios. 2020 has been a great reminder that you can't panic. You you we, we you go into it with a plan. That plan's solid, and you keep you keep investing. You keep putting money in. Um, you know, for our clients here, we keep up to two years worth of income set on the side anyway. So when we went through COVID, we got phone calls of like, Hey, don't send me my payment this month. And it's like, well, we don't have to send you your payment. That's fine. But there's really no reason not to, because we plan for this. So it's, 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 it's being invested in a way that you can, um, that you can keep, you can keep what doing what you're doing, no matter what the market conditions are. That That's the important part. Um, People think their investments are going to go to zero. And if it goes to zero, there, there's a lot of things that have to happen to make that. And we're going to have a whole lot of other problems <laughs> to deal with at that point yeah. in time if that ever happens. I always maintain if your portfolio goes to zero, then 
it's guns, ammunition, and hard liquor, just like the USSR at that point, right? Uh, and nothing else is going to matter. Dollar won't be worth anything. There will be no uh, central government. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it's really all about controlling volatility and the volatility that you're comfortable with. And you can do that by adding, um, short-term treasuries to, a, to your portfolio. That's the cheapest way to hedge against volatility. Yeah. We've mentioned that, you know, your, your plan is, is be, if you, if your goals change or something, circumstances in your life change, then you can reevaluate, but, um, you know, what's going on in the economy and in the markets, if, if nothing with your current situation has changed, then just continue to stay invested and know that, um, you know, your plan's in a good place. Yeah. Uh, one final thing I'll note is I noticed that the um, uh, volatility index, which we we track uh, to see how people are, are, are fearful, fearful or not in the market, uh, is the lowest it's been in three months. So overall, I think investors are feeling more positive, which is normal when you see the markets go back up. Just just don't be pulling in and, and uh, selling and and uh, or selling and buying and in and, and, and crazy increments. Um, be, you know, you need to pick a pick an allocation, maintain the allocation going forward. Well, guys, I always enjoy the market updates. Um, we'll see you next time. Thank you. That's great. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.